This episode is brought to you by Ticker. Ticker Ticker.com is focused on bringing institutional-level investment research to you, the individual investor. Ticker.com is powered by S&P Global Capital IQ and has coverage of over 50,000 stocks globally with financial data, estimates, valuation metrics, ownership percentages, transcript filings, news, and more. ValueHive listeners can join Ticker's free beta trial today at ticker.com forward slash hive. That's T-I-K-R dot com forward slash hive. We are live with Jason Greenwald. He is a real estate investor that has recently started dipping his toes into uh, financial markets like stocks and all that, all that good stuff. And um, this one, this episode is going to be a little bit different. It's very freeform. So I actually had the pleasure of meeting Jason in person about a few weeks ago, and we met over some barbecue, had an awesome conversation and wanted to continue this and kind of share with you, um, you know, share, share with you guys what I learned and kind of his background. So uh, Jason, thanks so much for coming on. And this is, this is going to be a fun one. Dude, I appreciate you having me, man. (laughs) You rock. So let's so 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 kind of let's start with with your background. How'd you get started sure. in real estate? Um, sure. And then you know what led you to what you currently do? Yeah. So I mean, be honest with you, I didn't have any um, college business courses at all, except for financial accounting at eight thirty on a Monday freshman year, and that was not a. It was rough. So I. Um, you know, I grew up in the area. I went to the College of Worcester in Worcester, Ohio, and didn't have a lemonade stand or anything like that. Like, I wasn't like a typical business person. Like, I just kind of, you know, kind of went on my way. And then I graduated June of 2008, which turned out to be like when home prices went down a lot. Yeah. And I graduated in, in May or June. And I had a family member that asked me if you wanted to, you know, just see if we can purchase houses. And that was in June, July of 2008. And, um, and I didn't know anything about business, but what I saw at the auctions were just sentiment. And you had three buyers for a hundred houses. And right now you have, you know, three houses for a hundred buyers. So, um, so I started that in July of 2008, worked with my family member till 2014, you know, had some problems, whatever, but kind of from 2008 to 2014, I did, you know, a couple JV house deals where, you know, someone puts up half the cash, we split half the house, you know, things like that. I purchased some houses at foreclosure. Um, my uh, mom actually helped me purchase them and then I repaid her in full. And so I purchased and paid back and rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat. And then like 12 years, I mean, uh, God, I've been doing this for like 35% of my life for heaven's <laughs> sake. So, you know, kind of fast forward now, I was on my own in 2014. I've been on my own 100% since 2014. Um, you know, and, you know, I have rental properties, I rent out, I wholesale properties to clients, I flip houses, when the opportunity um, comes about. And um, so I'm kind of like the guy who didn't take any real business classes, who kind of observed some things and was pretty 
lucky, you know, to come about in 2008, because frankly, if I graduated in 2007, we probably wouldn't be having this conversation, yeah. like how crazy things are in life. So, I mean, hell, transform in 2008 till now. And um, yeah, I mean, I'm just, you know, I'm just trying to rock and roll, man. That's awesome. And you mentioned, you know, just, just the incredible timing that graduated oh. kind of at kind of at rock bottom. And I want you to take me through the sentiment that you said that you saw at these auctions sure. because it's it's totally different now. Oh my where God. I saw I saw a stat recently, which I'm surprised I didn't forward you, but it was there are actually more houses for sale. Or no, there 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 are more real estate agents than houses for sale. Oh yeah. Which which is just it's just like mind blowing. It's almost it's almost kind of the concept of like there are more ETFs. Yeah. Then there are actually public stocks. So um, walk us walk us through that sentiment though in 08, sure. 09, kind of you know buying when you know quote unquote yeah. dancing on the graveyard. And sure. All yeah, I mean it was crazy because you don't know it's like that until kind of it's over. I mean, mm -hmm. um, I didn't see the 0506 craziness, so I wasn't there when things at the auction. Um, I should probably preface all this by saying that every house that I've ever bought has been at a foreclosure auction. I've never bought a house MLS. So um, yeah, I mean, it was crazy. 2008, 2009, you literally had a hundred houses for sale every day that were going for 10 cents on the dollar, 10 cents on the dollar. And there were three and there were maybe four bidders and two of them were just looking. Yeah. I mean, it was the craziest thing in the world. And if you had half a brain and had temperament, you could have made a lot of money. And I saw people do that. And the, and the huge thing that this whole thing kind of handed me was you don't necessarily have to be a genius to be financially. Okay. I saw guys with no college degrees who weren't, who couldn't even speak English, who couldn't speak English, but they yeah. knew that the prices they were being quoted were not real intrinsic value. Hmm. And sometimes you don't need an MBA or a Series 7 in order to do that. And that's proof. So, so from 08 until really 2015, you had seven years to purchase cheap. Wow. Seven years. Now, that changes from county to county. The counties right. that are more competitive, you probably had from 2008 till 2013 to buy cheap to very good. But in the counties, not as desirable. You had seven years that if you had half a brain and had some temperament and just thought that what the prices I was being quoted are not real. Like, like yeah. <laughs> these prices are not real. Like you cannot tell me a, a house goes to 300,000 to 25. The 300,000 was very wrong and the 25,000 was very wrong. So right, it's somewhere right. in the middle. So these are kind of the lessons I learned from going to the auctions from my very um, unique education, right? So, I mean, and now what you have currently is you have the opposite. You have people yeah. who are literally paying 90% of ARV. And what's ARV for those that don't know? That's a, um, adjusted renovated value. So- okay. You know, house with granite countertops, hardwood floors, stainless steel appliances, blah, 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 yeah. blah. So these guys are paying 90%. And before they were too afraid to pay 25%. Yeah. 
that's one thing. Another thing that's interesting at the auctions and stocks may be the same. It, it, it's probably a cool question for you, but like, so let's just imagine you have a house that's worth 300,000 and everybody on the auction will pay 200 for it. The price that, if that house starts at a hundred, I guarantee you the price at the end will be higher than if the price at the start was 198. Hmm. Like it's a real mental herd thing. When you see other people bid, you think, oh, all these people can't be that stupid. Yeah, that's a good but point. But these people can be that stupid because in 08, 09, they weren't doing shit. So, yeah. and now they're buying hand over fist. So, right. So that tells me that the herd can be extremely wrong. And yeah. I think you see that in stocks. And frankly, it's probably more like that in stocks than it is houses. I mean, because people can buy and sell so quickly in stocks, right? You, you know, E-Trade, Apple, sell, boom. Things can be more, you have more, um, you probably have more disparities of intrinsic value, like what's real and what's not in stocks. Hmm. So that whole like real experience from 08, from starting in 08, just, it was huge, man. It was huge. Yeah. And you mentioned that, you know, you don't necessarily have to have an MBA or series seven, which, you know, I'm going to, I'm a huge proponent of mainly because, you know, oh, I, sorry. Well, MBA. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was, I was, I was, I was, you know, mainly, mainly self-taught. So, you know, mm. you kind of preach into the choir there, but do you think maybe just to invert invert that question do you think that having an mba or even having this quote-unquote legit experience academically can hinder you from seeing like the elephant in the room like it's just you know hey it's just a stupid bargain and because you have all of this academic jargon noodling inside your head that you can't see the forest through the trees dude you hit it i mean i, I talked about this with moses kagan some like i have a poli sci degree dude like, I don't have an MBA or business degree. And frankly, I thought it was a horrible thing. But it may have been the greatest thing to ever happen to me because I wasn't bound by what people tell me how to value a company. I kind of, like, learned it on my own. And I think there's a lot of good things to that. I mean, um, I'm sure – I mean, there are people that have – MBAs that are so much smarter than me. But the one thing I can tell you is I see them every day in what I do for a living. There are people that can barely speak English that have high school, high school education at maybe, and they're worth a lot of money. I mean, are they worth, you know, $500 million? No, but like, I don't fucking care about being worth $500 million, but they are worth 20 or 30. And that's a lot for a person like me. So yeah, to maybe get huge, like billions of dollars, you might need MBA just to network and like, I mean, that's probably what a lot of it is, right? You go to, you Harvard MBA, you know, Harvard MBA, you know, we talk, blah, 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 blah. But you can be very fine by just, by just like, so here's an example, like all my houses that I own, they're on the exact same street. They're not on the same neighborhood, the same street. Wow. Why is that? And what I did was... The apartments across the street are two bedroom and two bath, and they were renting for like $1,600 at the time. So I thought to myself, how much would a PITI, the principal interest, taxes, insurance, how much would a loan amount be on $1,200? 
So $400 less than what they're paying over there. And this property has, you know, three bedroom, two bath garage, and you can own the damn thing for heaven's sake. Right. And that came out to like 175,000 or 165. And the damn properties were selling for half of that. Wow. So you don't need an MBA to figure out that that's fucking cheap. You just have to like (laughs) think for yourself, invert a little bit, because to me, housing was just a payment. It doesn't matter if it's a mortgage or a rental. Like Mm. the whole thing is a payment. What will I pay to live there? Right. Right, right. So my margin of safety was $400, 25% off the rents across the street for this, for, for the up. apartments. And then I was like, wow, that's freaking cheap. So that's just one kind of example how like, that's not something that a person taught me. It was just like, maybe the price that the people are telling you is just wrong. Hmm. So, um, so I hope that kind of answers your question a little bit, but I think a person can do very well by just purchasing when people are just afraid. Like I saw, I saw enough dump, not dumb people. No, no, no. I saw enough people get rich by just purchasing when the time was right. And I saw a lot of people get broke when they bought when the times were wrong. And it's a Mm -hmm. real pain in the ass to get rich once you've gotten broke already. Yeah. Right. Like, it's kind of like driving around the highway. Like, it's tough to, like, it's really tough to keep on driving once you don't have any gas left in the car. So, um, yeah, I mean, like, I've just seen examples where you don't have to be, like, that person. Um, um, I will say, like, real estate is definitely, like, I just received a text right now, like, 10 yeah. minutes ago about a tenant's house that the the fence was, you know, screwed up, and we have to fix it. So, like, it's not all peaches and cream in real estate. However, to kind of circle back like you can do very well man by just like having your own framework of how you value businesses how you value companies look at the sentiment see like i mean dude my sentiment judge is how many people are at that auction like if i see 45 people for two houses dude that's not normal Right. You know, right. and and 45 houses for two people that wasn't either. So there's something. You know, yeah, it's about it's about being on kind of that right side of abnormal and knowing, yes. knowing, knowing when to knowing when to kind of buy when the abnormalities bode well for you for future returns. And then the other question I had for you is in regards to patience, because mm. with real estate, one of the big differences, and maybe this is just my EBT about the industry, but one of the big differences that I've found is that with stocks, there's 50,000 stocks globally. You can, you can pretty much find cheap stocks any time that the market's open, any market condition. Like one of my big things is everybody says, you know, oh, stocks are expensive, stocks are expensive. Like expand your universe, go outside the US. Agreed. There are some crazy cheap stocks out there mm-hmm. and you can find them all the time. But the problem with real estate is that there's a scarcity effect, right? Where it's not... 50,000 stocks that you can just pull up on your, on your screens. It's, you know, if I don't get this house, someone gets that house and guess what? They're not building another house right there. Like there's always going to be another company. There's always going to be another investment that you can do. Sure. And sure. I guess you can say that real estate similar where it's like, you know, Hey, if you can't find one in Maryland, go to Pennsylvania or go to 
Texas or something like that. But I think it's different. So how do you balance, how do you balance the scarcity with patience? Dude, it's hard. I mean, I buy my properties in clumps. I, I, like in 18, I bought five of them within five months, you know, yeah. like holders. Um, it's hard, man. I mean, I don't know how those big real estate guys are handling it now. I mean, it's very hard. I mean, kind of, and it's kind of interesting you say that, like, kind of for me, what I'm doing is something I wasn't doing before is instead of using those retained earnings from properties to buy more of them. I'm just using them to buy more stocks just because there's no deals out there, man. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. I mean, I could buy something. Sure. But I don't want to buy a a five cap. I mean, a five cap in a good neighborhood is different. I mean, I wouldn't say the properties I have are in bad neighborhoods, but I wouldn't want to pay a five cap for it. Like the kind Mm -hmm. of stuff you have to deal with when you manage your own properties you know when you get the calls from the tenants and you do all that stuff it's very different than having a company handle it for you so i need to get paid for that so i mean i mean straight up i mean if i can't really make a 10 cap at least right then i just don't have any interest in doing that and i'll just say berkshire hathaway Here you go. You can have my money. You can get 12% return on equity and just handle it for me. Or, or yeah, like it's hard, man. I have not bought properties outside of where I live. Um, I know people do it. Um, I think it could be tough in terms of the management, having the contractors. I mean, that's a real per like that's an important thing before you buy a house is like you need to have contractors that will not like crush you in terms of price and yeah, you know, you give them 10 grand and then they leave, right? So um you ask a great question. To be honest with you, it requires a lot of patience. I mean, I've sat on my hands with a decent amount of cash for years. I mean, it's just yeah. something that I think real estate lends itself to that a little bit. Like there's, I mean, because of they're so hard to sell and you got to go through home inspections and all this other nonsense, like it lends itself to long-term investing. So that's good. But the problem with that is, is what you say is like in times of 2021, like, what do you do? Right. I mean, like, I mean, people, like, people are paying a hundred plus percent of dude, asking ins- price. It's insane. I mean, the SPACs and the real estate stuff is like pretty interesting to me. Like there's a lot of tangential stuff going on there, dude. I mean, what we're seeing now is not normal. So I'm willing to just wait it out. Like I've sat on my hands before. It's very hard. And like, to be frank with you, if I had a huge company, with 20 employees and five contractors going 100% of the time, I could not tell you that same story. I mean, real estate in my mind kind of is good for small, I I mean, it's kind of good for small time people, kind of in times like this, because if I were larger and had people on the payroll, I could not do that. I'd have to buy- You'd have to move, like you'd have to act. Yeah, 100%. Like you have people you got to pay, you got to keep them on the payroll. So you got to buy crappy deals. And like, I just don't want to do that. So if that means that I don't become as big, well then like, who cares? Uh, Like, like who really cares? But I think in the long run, one, when you make concentrated bets that the odds are in your favor, I think that wins out. Yeah. I mean, that's, 
it's it's just it's just so interesting to see the similarities and one of the things that we discussed over over lunch was the idea of that cap rate and getting that hurdle rate and that translates directly into into a portfolio yeah. and and that's where i think the problem lies especially in stocks because you hit the nail on the head there where the 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 mm, hurdle rate or n- not the hurdle rate but just the cost of actually like you purchasing need to get paid for it Exactly. And yeah. it's and it's not as simple as clicking a button, like you said. Like buying a house is a process. You got to get inspected. I mean, tons of tons of crap. And in doing that in stocks, it's so easy that I think it lends itself to a higher probability of taking bad deals just for the sake of acting. 100%. Because you're just sitting here and you're like, oh, I'll buy it. And it's, you know, you've got people on Twitter that are, you know, drooling over 4% free cash flow yields going oh my forward. God. I'm like, this is it, like, it's is, insane. Is, is that what we've become? Yes. And it's kind of like the, I mean, I'm not gonna become political besides, but like the fed has kind of done this. Like what are you supposed to do? You hold your cash, like, like a schmuck you buy fucking <laughs> baseball card. Like, like dude, the whole thing's ridiculous. Baseball like, cards is a bad idea right on? now. What, sorry? As a baseball cards isn't a bad idea right now. Mixing dude, some NFTs. <laughs> do you know how many times I've kicked myself in the tuchus the last year? when I hear people, how much cards are going for. I mean, I had all these baseball, Cal Ripken rookie cards signed. I had all this crap, you know, but who cares? So, I mean, yeah, man, it's hard, man. I I don't know how people do it that like have to spend. I mean, I see people do it. And like, I mean, here's a perfect example. Tuesday, I head to an auction. I purchased properties on the street before a thousand, not a thousand times, 20 times. The same property would sell at auction just before COVID, I'm not talking three, I'm talking just before COVID, 225. It sells Tuesday, 306. And like the property hasn't gotten better. Like the people in that neighborhood's income have not increased. So maybe you could say, well, the comps a year ago were wrong. Okay. And they're becoming more right. I don't want to be on that side of the bet, however. Why? scares me scares me because there's only but so much these houses can be worth i'm not talking like georgetown or bethesda i'm talking like really normal neighborhoods like yeah like if someone wants to spend five million dollars on a house like that's fine you can do that i'm talking about like lower middle class like like middle class homes like i just don't want to be on that side of the bet man yeah and these people will be either very right or very wrong yeah do you think do you think that that example is the same as betting on a stock to re-rate instead of just the business actually improving because that's another thing i'm seeing is you've got companies that are trading for these high multiples where it's like you part of your thesis in some of these is that you assume that the multiple not only stays at this elevated level but actually expands but what happens if that multiple compresses kind of like what you said like those houses that are going that you thought were going for 220 225 that go for 306 it's not like it's not like they did any improvements. It's not that the community got better, um, no. you know. And for those for those that don't know Maryland that much, Bethesda and Georgetown are very high, oh, sorry. high like dollar, very yeah, very stuff. very like high income neighborhoods, prime stuff. And yeah. so it's not those. And so the only thing that's causing that to rise is, I guess we can call it multiple expansion, sentiment expansion. You know, I never thought about multiple expansion in, in terms of. Real estate, I swear. I ne- I mean, I thought about it in my mind because I was buying stuff cheap and it would like, here's the difference though. Like 
the problem is with real estate, you don't have Buffett or Malone. I mean, you got Sam Zell, I guess. <laughs> yeah, you have Zell, but like, I can't take that money. I can't take that retainer. Like, okay, so you have a property, you rent it out, you bring in the money, you pay off your debt and your debt's what, three or 4%. That's very different, I think, than like a Facebook or an Apple taking their money and having returns on invested capital of like 35%. Like that just, yeah. the earning, like real estate's very different, man. I, I think a lot of people pay too high for real estate. I, I The earnings don't grow like stocks. I mean, like Google and Facebook, they were like 15 or 20% for like 10, 15. Like that doesn't happen in, in like homes. Like no. people's incomes don't go up by that much for heaven's sake. So yeah, I like, I'm a little weird. Maybe I just think they pay too much, but I would, I would rather pay too much for Google or Facebook or Berkshire than pay too much for a house 10 mm. times out of 10. And it yeah. wouldn't even be close. Mm. I mean, dude, when you pay too much for a house, you are stuck with it. Now you could say that with right. a stock, you really can. But the difference is with a stock, let's say you buy it at 40, it's really worth 25 and something weird happens and it goes from 40 to 60 and then you sell it and you seem smart. In homes, that doesn't really have, like these weird gyrations of what things are worth, that doesn't really, I mean, yeah, I wouldn't want to be on that side, man. I would much rather pay two, I mean, for, I mean, Tesla is like crazy and ridiculous, I guess, but like Intel, which I have like a small, you know, thing of like that, I would rather pay a little too much for, I'm not quite sure of the business, but like they can do things to their earnings that like homes just can't like you're stuck with kind of what, what CPI is like in terms of growth. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah. prices are going up like 20% in the last 12 months. Like that's not normal. I mean, yeah. it's really not, and it's at the low end, and it scares me. Yeah, like, well, that's, really that's... it's going to make housing in this area. And I speak, you know, I have friends I speak to in Boston and Los Angeles. It's it really. I don't know how people will really afford homes. Actually, I mean, yeah. to kind of go crazy for a second. Um, but to answer your question, I you are really stuck when you pay too high for a house, man. I mean, that house has no feelings for what you paid for. It really does not care. It doesn't yeah. care if you paid 80 or 800. Yeah. Well, the other, the, the other, the other question I have about real estate, which I just, you know, find fascinating because a lot of my close friends are getting into it. And I don't know if that's, you know, I don't, I don't want to sit here and say, Oh, that's a sign of a top because all my buddies that haven't really been in real estate or everybody wants to, and then their friends, parents are, you know, doing side hustles, trying to flip. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, one of my questions is if you buy now, it just, you know, it seems like most people getting into real estate today are buying for the greater fool's theory, where they're just hoping that appreciation keeps rising enough to where they could sell it, obviously, at more than they paid for it. And that's one of the reasons why I loved having Moses on the show was because oh, he dude, looks at so everything awesome, from a cash he? flow basis. Yeah. I mean, he dude, looks he looks at everything dude, from a, a cash flow basis. He's, he's like, genius. look, I can pay X, X dollars and get X dollars per year in rent cash flow net net expenses and then he tries to pay a decent multiple based on the expected net cash flow like that's how i think that you should do it but i don't think that that's what people are doing right now given these low interest rates like i think they're buying and they're just hoping to sell to a higher party dude they don't know anything about cash flow and like inverting cash flow they don't know anything about that they're seeing other people bid you know seeing other yeah. people do stupid stuff 
It's a very powerful thing. Um, yeah. It's like, and this is what all, like, I'm sure Harvard Business School probably could have taught me this, but seeing it with my eyes was way more, seeing that a lot of people can do some stupid things. Do you have any examples that like burn in your memory from seeing people do something stupid? Dude, I mean, people not buying an 08 and 09. Generational, mm -hmm. generational opportunity and smart people were putting their hands right in their pockets. I kind of thought to myself, I mean, here's the thing I did. I, when I purchased those townhouses, I thought to myself, if I had no rent growth or equity appreciation for 10 years, would I be happy with this? Hmm. Yeah. Because I don't think those people are asking themselves, I don't think people who are buying now are saying that same question. Yeah. Um, I got, I mean, I, I would just say when you're buying homes like that, you have to be careful. Yeah. I mean, I can't stress this enough. I would rather pay 25% more than Berkshire Hathaway is worth 10 times out of 10 than buy a house 25% higher. Yeah. So I would tell your friends or like whomever who are, who are dying to like have houses. I mean, REITs can be good. I don't have any REITs and I don't know if you have any REITs. I don't, I don't even know enough to actually speak in telling you about it. I would just tell them to like, You'll have time. Well, see, that's the You'll thing. You'll have your time. That's the You'll thing. There's, there's like, there's, 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 there's going to be times when the prices are attractive, but for some reason, it's like that. There's, there, there's these animal spirits in the housing Dude, market right now insane. that I can, you know, I can just find. Maybe, maybe I can see it now because I'm of the age now at this time that yeah. I actually, ex, you know, I experience it on more of a real basis as opposed to you know back when I was you know back in what was it 2004 2005. Oh, you know, man. I wasn't yeah. worried about houses. I think I was worried about like late school assignments or something. Dude, I was in college <laughs> then. Like, believe me, that wasn't the farthest thing from my mind. And the people who are watching this podcast who who know me will be like, that's for damn sure. I, I that wasn't even on the, my mind of people paying too high for houses. Yeah. You know, so what I, here's one thing also. Yeah. I would be a little apprehensive to buy. Dude, I can go through my phone right now as God is my witness, and I get two texts a day about wanting to purchase houses I have. If you think people were doing that in 2008 and 2009, then you're crazy. Like, sentiment is a weird thing, man. If people are texting strangers to buy, strangers, I, I have no idea who these people are. They're <laughs> texting me and saying, can I buy your house? And I say no. And that's probably stupid of me to say no, frankly, like so fast, but that tells you what's going on. Like, Eventually, I mean, we did underbuild though. And I think there is a little bit of a case to be made for that. Like we hmm, underbuilt. That's a good point. We really did. And I could be wrong. I mean, there's a definite chance that if you play this back in 10 years, you'll be like, dude, he was wrong. Yeah. I don't mind. In this sense, I don't mind being wrong. I would have mind being wrong in 2008 if I didn't put my chips on the table. Yeah. If that's the case that I'm wrong, great. Because I right. felt like the odds are in my favor. If I put the chips in now, I don't know about that, Chief. I mean, yeah. like, dude, you're 25. I'm 
34, like we'll have time. Um, I don't know if now's the time. And if people would like to, and they are right, then bless their hearts. I mean, I just, I've been doing this for a decent amount of time, like 35% of my life for heaven's sake. This is the craziest shit I've ever seen. Now, do you think craziest shit I've ever seen? You mentioned that that we were underbuilt yeah. or under uh, underbuilt. Can you f- define that a little bit more for 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 people that might not know yeah, what I'm that so, means? I mean, is, I, I mean, is it is it just as simple as like there's not enough houses for the people yes, that are trying to move to the sim- suburbs? I don't have the stats on this, so if if someone has it later, it's something to the extent of, and it makes sense, right? In 2008, scared the crap out of home builders. Like, of course, you're not yeah. going to build in 2008. Like, it doesn't take a rocket science to figure that out. We, we as a country, whatever, and I don't have the dates, I don't have the exact things, but basically from great financial crisis till now, we underbuilt. I mean, we underbuilt, I mean, if you see how much we were constructing the last eight years and what we were constructing before, it's pretty different. So I've heard cases that we underbuilt and that there are people like, you know, your age and my age who want to buy houses. I get that. I'm just telling you, prices home prices don't go up 20 percent a year like this is not like google where things go up 20 percent. like that's not what's that i said that's impossible they, uh, everything goes up that high <laughs> i know man until it doesn't and that's the crazy <laughs> thing like dude here's the thing that like so they don't have so they stopped um they stopped evictions and they stopped yeah so that's crazy like what do you like what do you think about that? Like when you read You're something smart. like that, or it's like, or or you've got um, that one congresswoman or senator, I forget that she's like, you know, just cancel rent, cancel mortgage, dude. <laughs> like there's what goes a through mind someone that makes that there's going to be a landlord foreclosure problem. Yeah, I mean, thank God for me and my mom. But if you, if a tenant just wanted to say, I'm not paying rent, you can't do a damn thing, dude. You can't do a damn thing. You can you can call them and threat them. I mean, I wouldn't do anything like that. You cannot do a damn thing with that. So I don't know what's gonna happen, man. I mean, you can't cancel that stuff. Like someone has to pay. Like someone's gonna who's pay. gonna pay? Who's gonna well, pay? The government. The government, I guess. Maybe <laughs> more. Yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. Um, I think there could be I, I don't know how this whole game will play out. In yeah. 2008, it seemed a little more clear to me. And I was 22 and stupid. Right. So like, like 21, 22 is stupid, but I'm telling you like hundred houses, three bidders, like 10 cents on the dollar. That made sense to me. Yeah. This is like, makes no sense. Um, yeah. And now what's going to happen once they allow foreclosures and evictions? Like, I don't want to be on that side of the bet. I mean, you're telling, I mean, it's possible for there to be evictions and foreclosures and prices to go up. I guess that's possible. I don't want to be on, on that side of the bet, dude. I am perfectly well being on the sidelines, buying my Altria, you know, and like all that <laughs> stuff and like, like, like cool with me. Mm-hmm. Fine. That's fine with me. Well, you see, I think, I think you've got, you've got the pleasure of taking that side and kind of taking that stance because if I'm, you know, quote me, quote me if I'm wrong, but, um, or correct me if I'm wrong, but most of your houses, or at least when you started off, you know, you yeah. paid off those houses, right? So yeah, you're I don't not, have any. Exactly. So you're not sitting on these mortgages. So if no. someone doesn't pay, you know, for you, it's like, oh, well, I'm not making any money on that. But like for 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 people now that are buying right. that have got these big mortgages, right? 
I mean, a hashtag cancel rent, hashtag cancel mortgage, like that sucks for those people. Dude, I mean, it's, I mean, leverage is a big part of real estate. Um, I'm probably the only one who doesn't do it, frankly. And a lot of people says it's stupid and conservative and it might be stupid and conservative, but like you, you definitely, it's definitely the slow way to go about it. But as long as you're still driving around the highway, you haven't exactly. broken down. So exactly. sometimes when you're driving, that Ferrari slows down and it and it has a flat tire, you know. And sometimes people are so far ahead in the race, they're actually behind. So I would say, um, uh, hold on one second. Little water break. Yeah. Whew. Um, you know, like I made a judgment call in 2014. Once I didn't work for a family member, I don't want to go broke. It's not happening to me. It's yeah. just not going to happen. Yeah. So if that means that I go about that ladder slower, fine. Like I really mm -hmm. don't care. The yeah. independence is something that's crucial, man. I love like the independence to like freaking have a talk like this or go to the gym, you know, whatever. But like, I'm not going to go broke because I was being stupid. It's not going to happen to me. Mm -hmm. And um, I probably been a little too conservative, frankly, you know, but I would like, I'm okay with that. I don't need private jets and planes. It's a lot easier to have friends who have them. So yeah. <laughs> it's like boats. <laughs> hurry up man hurry up brandon uh but yeah like a lot of the guys i'm sh i don't know how moses does it or like or those guys but i'm sure they have um you know like leverage on some level i'm not 100 sure of that i've just kind of i made a key judgment call for me i won't go broke and you can't go broke if you don't oh so could yeah. i have two times the houses i have now i probably could yeah. But you know what? There are a lot larger tragedies in life. Yeah, I was about to say, I mean, you're just you're just making making a trade-off that that is that is working for you. But has yeah. that has that has that pressure to stray from that judgment call? Has that has that increased given how favorable the debt terms are for some of these homes? Well, because I, I mean, because, it because is I can kind of understand could, like at five, six percent. It's interesting when you can borrow at four and you can you can rent out at seven. I mean, you have that, that, that Delta. It is. Um, I would say for a guy who's, who's doing a, who runs a larger company, I could see them doing that um, yeah. because you're doing it on such a big scale, right. That, that, that spread over time for a ton of properties, right? Like if you're a Zell or a Barry Sternlicht, who's freaking, I mean, he's awesome. Um, yeah. Like I'm sure he can, borrow at three, he rents at five or six. Um, I don't know, to make three, it just doesn't, it doesn't make my heart pound a lot more quickly, frankly. Um, mm -hmm. If I had to do it again, I would maybe employ a little bit more leverage and maybe buy a little bit more of the deals that I could have. But like I said, there are a lot, there are a lot, you know, larger tragedies yeah. in life. I mean, I just won't, like I won't be that real estate dude who goes broke. Who blew up, yeah. It just won't happen because it's hard as shit to get back from that. Like it's not like I don't want right. to be like, yeah, you have to go broke, but like it's hard to get rich once. 
Dude, mm. to do it twice is just stupid to me. Well, that's what well, that's what Munger said. He said, you know, you gotta work yeah. like a dog to get that first hundred thousand. Which is probably like, like a million first... in today's world, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude, it, it, it's fucking hard work. It really is. Like, I mean, you like it's really hard work to get that first mil, you know, that first jumper, like however you yeah, do it. Call um, it yeah, call it call it million, yeah. call it fifty thousand, hundred thousand, like Who whatever, what whatever's big for you. Yes. Like whatever's your hundred thousand, like Exactly, man. You have to work your ass off for it, and you eat what you kill. And when you eat what you kill, you know, like you kind of appreciate it more. Yeah. Have you yeah. have you thought about selling some of your properties into this? Call it a bubble or whatever. I mean, because I know I know that I you're thought, getting these random texts, which I is thought. which is actually funny because one of my best friends, he's working for a real estate developer. He's texting um, me, right? Yeah, I'm no, he no, he just... does he does he does that marketing stuff where he'll like do the uh, SMS text marketing, and no it's way. it is it is He's hilarious. making my life miserable. No, Dude, it is hilarious. <laughs> Some of the responses he gets from these people, they're like f off, like oh, I don't, I don't know do how that. you got my number. I hate yeah. you, dude. Dude, right here, dude I mean, you want to hear? I'm not gonna show you the number, but I, I yeah. literally text right here. Would I hope you're having an amazing week, dude? You don't know who the hell I am. We just closed two properties. Okay, that's freaking great. Um, would you like to make an offer? No. I mean, so to answer your question, I would be stupid to say no, right? Yeah. Because everything has its price. Like even Berkshire Hathaway, yeah, at $500 a share, here you go. Here's the problem with that. You know, you have to redeploy it. And then my thought is, is if you're selling high, you're probably buying something else high. And if you like the one that you're buying, you probably would have bought it originally. So then you're actually buying something you didn't like as much for more. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. And then you got to pay that 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 depreciation back. And that's a son of a bitch. So you get a lot back. Um, I would say this. It's really hard to deploy it. Because then, right, like you're, sell like you're selling high, which means everything else is high. And, you know, and then if you liked it from the start, you probably would have bought it from the start. So then you're giving up something that you like for something you may not like as much for something that you paid higher for. Mm -hmm. um, that's just my own rationale. And I'm and that could be 100 percent wrong, too. Like, yeah. But like my rationale is like, OK, and then what? Right. Like you have this money and you're smart. But and then what? Like you, you're going to freaking, you know, like I guess you can put it in, you know, like the stocks. But like, I don't know. I am, I am, um, I am willing to kind of let it ride. Yeah. Um, like here's a stock for a perfect example, like Apple, right? Like I bought Apple from 2015 to 2018 and just held on. And at 145, I trend. Um, like, but I still have it. I mean, like it, the, I think it's really tough to sell something that you already like to buy something that you like more. I mean, yeah, it is. I might be totally wrong on that. And then you have opportunity cost if you can't find it. And that, you know, and then it's like, how do you weigh this against the other one? Like that's opportunity cost to me. It's like, how well does this, like, how well does, does the investment here compare to here? So yeah. um, to answer your question fully, I have thought about it. If someone wants to give me like, you know, uh, 40% more, please call me, but I'm not at that <laughs> stage. And frankly, to be really like 
simple about it. Like I have to redeploy it. So then yeah. what do I do? And then I'm just yeah. holding the cash for, for some time that may or may not happen. So it's not so easy, I think. Yeah. Well, I think, I think not a lot so of people easy. try to, I think, I think a lot of people try to simplify it. At least, at least I do when I'm looking at my portfolio, you know, for me, it's just, okay, well, what's the future expected return? Like what kind of, yeah. what kind of IRR can I get on sure. this investment, <laughs> excuse me, versus, you know, this perspective investment, but it's really not as simple as just basing it on IRRs. And the way I'm thinking about it, at least for real estate is in my head, one simple heuristic would be just cap rate. Like, am I selling this, which I bought at a 10 cap rate or an eight cap rate. And then at the current price, you know, it's a six or a five. Am mm -hmm. I taking that capital redeploying it back into something that's, you know, a 10, 11, a 12. Exactly. Exactly. No, hundred percent. And you missed it. I think in stocks you can find I don't like trading in and trading out, just my natural instinct. But I think mm -hmm. you can do that more in stocks than properties. Because if you're selling oh, a yeah. property high, dude, then that means that 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 you'll purchase one high. In stocks, it may not right. be the case. Yeah, dude, that's true. Like, I mean, that really may not. I mean, you may like Apple. Okay, okay, here's a perfect example. I sold Apple at 145 and I bought um, Lockheed Martin, Huntington Ingalls, General Dynamics, and Northrop Grumman. I figured... At 145, it's probably some margin compression, maybe over the next 10 years with these other names. I don't so that was like a call I made. Yeah. And in stocks, I think you can do that. In houses, yeah. man, I don't think. I mean, it's so hard. Yeah. Well, that's that that's actually the thing that you mentioned. Like when you're selling a house, unless you're going into a completely different market, you're buying at that same high price if you have to redeploy. Where, like I said earlier, in a stock, if you sell Apple, or if you sell, you know, a yeah. stock that went from five times EBIT, ran up to, you know, 12, 12, 15 times, you can then sell that look in a completely different country and find something with a 20% free cash flow yield. Dude, there's so many more pools available in stocks. Yeah. I mean, really, like the one thing this whole Corona did thing, the one thing it did for me positively is like I've read more books and I've read around stocks, like, than probably in my entire life. And it really gave me, I mean, stocks are not easy. Believe me, it's so freaking hard, especially like, like on Twitter, you got people like you, like guys that are really fucking smart in this stuff. Well, um, I wouldn't loop me into that. Oh, one. get the hell out of here. And you <laughs> stop it with all that nonsense. Okay. Stop it. Um, but there's a lot more pools of opportunity. I swear. Mm -hmm. You just have to freaking look for them. Like, like small cap, you know, mid cap, micro cap, blah, blah, blah. In houses right now, dude, I, I have turned over a lot of stones. And I don't see anything. I mean, yeah. I look in places that are like the stock versions of, I mean, bombed out small cap or something like that. Like there's yeah. nothing, there's nothing. But, but if you can, I mean, you can run a screener or whatever you do and you can see a stock that you can understand that's trading at a valuation that's reasonable. Um, yeah. I mean, to be honest with you, like each thing has its pros and cons. I mean, stocks and real estate real estate's tough yeah the if pools you, of opportunity are a lot smaller if you weren't doing real estate what would you do dude i have no idea <laughs> probably be broke somewhere or something so how so, so 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 how soon did you get into real estate like like, like did you have any other things that i graduated about doing college or? in may of 08 i was in the backyard with my knees looking down in a basement to see if it were finished in july damn okay 
So that so I mean, I'm going from, you, dude, you... I'm going from fraternity houses in <laughs> May of 2008 to like doing things I can't even tell you here right now. I mean, I'm sure we can talk about it later. That so yeah, man, like you gotta grow up quickly. So where did um, where, where did that love for real estate come from? Did your parents do it? Did you have a family? My member grandparents or? had properties, not anything on any big volume, but like yeah. I worked at my parents. Um, like I had enough business experience, not education, but like, you know, my parents had some stores I worked at and so on and so forth. And my grandparents had rental properties. Um, that's probably where it came from, but like, they didn't do anything like this. I mean, they had, you know, three, four, you know, ramblers in, uh, Brockville. So they didn't really like, they didn't do it full time. Um, so to answer your question, I don't know what the hell I do, man. Thank God I found this for heaven's sake. <laughs> or, or thank God that, I mean, I knew I'd be doing something and investing. I just didn't know yeah. what. Yeah. So I just got pushed in a direction a little bit. And I just kind of, like, hopefully, I, I probably cr crawled, then walked, then jogged, then ran, then sprint. Yeah. yeah. Now, when you when you look at these properties and, you know, you say you're you buy all your properties, like I said, auctions. Hmm. What do you What do you look for oh. when going through a property? Yeah, I'll tell you. Um, I probably seen like forty thousand properties before, and I have pictures on all of them. Uh, here's the thing: like sometimes they're occupied, and sometimes they're not. And it's not like they hand. It's not like they hand you the keys. Really? It's you know? not that simple? It's not. No, it's like, it's not like you go on E-Trade, you're buying Micron, which I have a small of, and you say, okay, this is like, you buy it and like, it's on you guy. Like you got to work it out with them. So yep. um, it's just very interesting to see like the white collar aspect of stock investing with like the blue collar aspect of real estate investing. Like people who mm -hmm. go to these auctions are not wearing suits and ties like no. they're like shorts like me like and they have hundreds of thousands of dollars in checks like everyone has them so yeah but it's extremely casual like it's extremely casual i mean you'd be surprised how casual it is so to answer your question i was a poli sci major i don't know what the hell i'd do i i, I hope i would have like figured out something but like i kind of got this have you ever gotten in? Have you ever gotten into a bidding war at one of these auctions, and you, oh, you know, dude, you you, you ended up paying a price that you didn't want to do, or 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 another question, did you ever get into Ooh, a bidding war just to, the... just to just spite somebody that you didn't like at the auction? Okay, uh, that's actually a really good question. It happens all the time. I don't play those games just because, like, if you do it and then you buy it, then like you're screwed. So like, yep. I don't want to. <laughs> so be, congratulations, like, you played. Yourself. Yeah, you overbought, you jackass. <laughs> like, like here's the pile of poo, right? Yeah. Uh, um, dude, it gets heated, man. And you and here's also like you have really smart people there that are rich that if they don't want that other person to get it, they will bid them. They don't care how much they pay. That's and if that means that they lose a, a deposit of 25,000, then it's fine. It, it dude, it can be nasty. Real nasty. People don't like each other. People from certain countries, people don't like it's nasty, man. Wow. Because really at the auctions you have like you really have um, you know, some Persians, some Jews, some Chinese, some African, like 
it's, 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 it's yeah i was about to say it's like a everybody. really diverse community dude i'm the only one there that has a college degree i'm sure yeah i'm the only one that was probably born here wow that's that yeah that's actually really cool though you know like that's yeah. actually super cool because it's i mean it's just showing that you know no matter where you come from like like you said it's just the street smarts it's it's identifying opportunities yeah man there's a lot explore. of ways to there's a lot of ways to to skin the cat like yeah. really i mean like yeah to answer your question dude it could be nasty i have seen people bid over what the house is worth because they're like i'm not gonna freaking let him have it and then it's nasty real nasty i try to be like cool with everybody right so it's like you know please don't like hurt me right you know it's like you know yeah. please don't uh crush me but yeah i don't do that i take my like checks and cash like very seriously like uber uh like i have a price and i don't really go above it very much i mean you always have a little bit of room there but i'm not talking a whole lot you know yeah. sub two percent you know two three percent yeah. Um, yeah, man, like the whole auction experience has just, it's kind of like seeing the old school stock market when people are in the pits. Right. It's, right. That's really what it is. I'm like in the, I'm in like a real estate pit Yep. with 40, 50 people. Half of them are on their phones because they're have clients and, you know, in, California, Florida, you know, and really, and, and that's it. So, um, you should watch one, man. Oh, I, Come out with I mean, me. I, I was about to say, like, yeah, I gotta, I gotta, Dude, I gotta the go place we went to is so close to there. Right. Yeah. Cause we were, too, we were in yeah. Annapolis. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, 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 that's right where I am. And it, 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 it's funny though, because I think describing those auctions, as like the old school stock market pits are is 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 perfect because for those you know obviously like myself and a lot of these traders now have grown up without that like there's only yeah. a small number of people trading actively trading today that actually know what it's like to live in the pits mm -hmm. like i like paul tudor jones like mm -hmm. like you can watch you can watch his documentary peter brant you can you can read his books about being in the commodities pits like there's something to be said about that physical presence and feeling oh, yeah. the sentiment like you mentioned way back earlier that you can't get by just looking at price action like i love price action i love charts like i'll tell you and sit here about chart patterns we've and talked stuff, about but, this before yeah, yeah. but <laughs> but there's an element of sensing that sentiment whether mm -hmm. it's whether it's 0809 where like you like where you physically cannot see a bidder like it's not like there's some number on a screen it's like no there's literally not a physical person bidding Dude. or now what we're seeing today is there's so many bids it's just it's just such a great leveling concept to actually physically tool. see yeah. an auction at yeah because everything's yeah, I mean, online everything's online now yeah like it's amazing it hasn't i mean there are some online auctions but in terms of foreclosures i believe they have to do it outside in terms okay. of state law um but it's like one of those things that you could have paid a hundred thousand dollars to just have that education yeah and the thing is is not everyone i don't think kind of observed it like some people literally were reading a book in the middle of an 0809 auction where they could have bought enough properties to be okay for the rest of their lives. Like some people are just, 
some people are afraid to pull the trigger, dude. And that's also yeah. one thing. Um, I saw a lot of smart people who had their notes. They comped the freaking houses. They had all this crap there that didn't really mean anything. Hmm. And, and they just couldn't pull the trigger. Why was and, it, you think? I mean, I know that's a loaded question, obviously. Well, whenever you're buying something like that, it takes a little bit of an ego because either the seller is right or the buyer's right. So I'm assuming I'm right. And I'm assuming that you are not you, but like you are wrong. Exactly. That takes some chutzpah. I mean, like it really does. Yeah, but I guess, uh, but, some people but I guess are, in 08, right? Well, here's like, the thing it's also, for like, selling, I guess. I think it's different because you can go on E-Trade and buy one share of Apple for $120. To pull the trigger on a $200,000 house is a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Like you can buy a, you know, one-tenth of a share. Oh, you know, you're buying. And and like, who cares? But like to pull the trigger on something like that when no one else is bidding? Yeah, that's a good point. Dude, I'm telling you, this, there's a lot of, parallels between real estate investing and stocks there's a lot that are not like there's some that are like but the one one of them is is sentiment is so powerful like it drives the price yep it's really really fucking powerful and a lot of smart people can do some stupid things and someone who has like i mean i'm not a freaking genius guy like i'm really really not but if you have a little bit of some temperament you think a little for yourself you kind of invert and you kind of have your own way of doing things then you can crush it yeah well it's interesting that you mentioned the ego because it's such a it's such a beast to tame because not only do you need the ego to actually make that decision yeah. You know, like Seth, Seth Klarman always says it's, it's buying something is one of the most egotistical things you can do because I like think I said, stole that from him. Actually. I'm yeah. sorry. I stole <laughs> well, it from Seth. Yeah, well, I'm sorry, well, Seth. Well, well, the other thing too. Yeah. Like Seth listens to this, man. I yeah, wish like, he did. Come on. He's like, did you, he is <laughs> but, also, so it's fine guys. It's fine. Yeah. But, but the, but the point I guess I want to make is that the ego also works against you in a price bidding war, especially. Yeah especially for, 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 for men, which is why I think men are actually ill-equipped to perform 100%. these bidding wars at optimal levels because you get into this testosterone. It's like, Oh, well, guess what? Dude, I've got so more sick. money than you. Like, look how, you know, like my truck's jacked up. Like you see mm-hmm. how big my tires are. Like it's, yeah. it's, 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 it's kind of that whole sentiment where you need the ego, but you also need to keep the ego in check when the time comes. It's like when Charlie Munger's like patience followed by extreme aggression. Yeah, something like that. You know, like investing is kind of like it's like opposites. Mm-hmm. I mean, things can like the same thing of sentiment can make you so rich you can't even believe it, or it can crush your family. Yeah. And smart people can do the dumb thing. And the not and the guy who's not so smart can do the other thing. I mean yeah. You touched on something that's interesting. The best investor I ever saw who went to these auctions was a hundred pound Chinese woman. She was a shark. She was a shark. No one screwed with her. She was a shark. She, she didn't buy too expensive. The worst buys are the guys who just like, you know what? Screw this guy. I'm going to just pay. And this is the dumbest thing. You lose 25 grand, which means pre-tax that's 40. So you got to make the 40 which means you kind of you probably have to spend 250 to make the 40. 
right? Like, like mm-hmm. two fifty make four. So, so that twenty five thousand is not a twenty five thousand dollar mistake. It's way bigger. So, yeah, man, the dumbest things are when guys who have huge egos do stupid things. Um, there's not a lot of women who do what I do, and I don't know why. I was about to say because I think I think they'd be much better at it. Dude, like, they'd be do. so much better. So much better. I mean, she was the best I ever saw. Best. She left. She knew she hasn't been to an auction in four or five years. She knew after 14, this is craziness. This is just crazy. And 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 common sense. Like it's it's it's, it for her, it's common sense, right? For us, for or for people that are more academic inclined, it's like all these formulas, it's all these cap rates, but for her, it's like Ah, it feels expensive. I'm going to go walk away. It's kind of like what Monish Pabrai does where he's, you know, he says investing is kind of a gentleman's leisure game where you kind yeah. of do nothing for most of your time. And then when crap hits the fan, you know, like let's say the COVID crash, right. you go in and you buy aggressively. Right, right. Like I've seen enough people make enough money buying when things are right that, and I saw it early. I saw it early and I saw when people bought too lit, like in 2005. So I saw both of them happening at the same time, I'll be honest with you, the amount of arithmetic I use for my properties, like it's very simple. It is yeah. back of the envelope. Yep. As for all of it. Yep. I mean, for all of it, like all this formulas and stuff, like who are you people? Like, have you ever bought a house before? Probably not. <laughs> like the guys who are, t- that's my problem with most, not edu- like with all education, but like A, if you were that good, you probably would be doing it on your own. Maybe, maybe not. But B, it's like, Dude, unless you have done it also, then don't come, like, like, I mean, unless you have been out there and you're, like, it's a lot easier to tell someone in a chalkboard and a classroom, oh, you take this formula, blah, 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 blah. But to do it in the real world, man, when you mm. buy a house and the house is freaking occupied and the guy can't leave or says, screw you, however, an MBA won't do anything for you. <laughs> No, I mean, really, right? Like, no, that's a great point. Like, those dude, stuff. that's real world stuff. Yeah. So it's really cool for me to see like the Twitter, like predominantly like 95% of people I follow on Twitter are predominantly in stocks. I think Moses probably the only mm-hmm. real estate guy. Um, it's so different because like, it's so, dude, the people have this thing about the real estate investing is so glamorous. Dude, no, it's not. It's really not that glamorous. Believe me. It's raining, have houses to see. It's snowing, you got houses to see. It's like, it's not as glamorous as what people think it is. Well, especially when you're managing your own properties and you don't have a management company. And, and, you know, like you said, the tenant just called and said, hey, my fence is jacked up. Like, you got to go deal with it. Like right before we were (laughs) like, yeah, like right before. Yeah. You know, like. Yeah, man. I mean, some people do pay for that. I mean, I'm not at that stage. I think if I had probably double the amount of houses, I would probably hire just because at that stage, it's like a job at that point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, like I think a lot of people in investing, they oversimplify it, but they undersimplify it, right? Like they have hmm. formulas and all this nonsense when it's all really like right done here, you know, back the envelope, but they but they kind of underthink like things that you and I probably sentiment. Yeah. Yeah. That's, sentiment, that's like, a... sentiment. I'm living proof that you don't have to be really educated as long as you follow sentiment correctly. 
Yeah. Well, price drives narrative too, especially in stocks. Yeah, I, I think Toby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Like price drives narrative. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, and I and I and I heard that from from Ian Castle, so I'm not going to sit here and say that I. Came oh, okay. That. But well, I've yeah. heard Toby Carlisle uh, say that to a bunch. So yeah. Well, that's yeah, another yeah. really smart person that I would love. Oh, to Oh, dude, so. he's a baller. <laughs> dude, here's my EV to EBIT here for uh, Toby's on there. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, like, um, yeah, man. I mean, it's just really cool for me just to kind of see the other side of investing, frankly, because I didn't ha- like stop like. Until four years ago, real estate was 100% of everything I, no, no, 95% of everything I have. Now it's only 85. So it's, it's, it's heading down, but like, it's cool for me to see, like, like I haven't used like a chart before. So for me to go yeah. onto your Twitter page, right. <laughs> and, and, see, to see and see it, all like, my, yeah, see all dude, my crazy like, charts getting dunked dude, on by Dan Lowe. There's ways <laughs> to do it, right? Like there's a, oh dude. Oh yeah. That was, that was glorious awesome, by the way, dude, that made my weekend. Dude. How cool is he, man? <laughs> Well, how See, cool like, Twitter? that's the whole thing with Twitter, though, right? Like, yeah, you can be tweeting something and like and this guy who's freaking a genius is like, yeah, yeah. Like, that's just the whole this mm-hmm. is awesome. Yeah. I mean, I closed out on my closed out on my Twitter or my my, my Shopify short with a with a with a small loss. But it was just like I remember I remember tweeting that out. And it went most of the day, didn't get, you know, much, much action. Then all of a sudden, like I checked my phone and I've got 18 new notifications. I was like, what is happening? And I see like at the top, I see people like, oh, from the top rope. And then I see, <laughs> I see Dan Loeb's username, like in the comments yeah. and like, you know, and I'm like, what's going on? And then I scroll down and I see Dan Loeb's comment. And I was like, wow. I was like, that was spectacular. Dude, when, when Chris bloomstrand followed me on twitter i almost took off all my clothes and sprinted around the whole freaking place i was like are you kidding me this guy who was like literally like he i mean and me me you know so dude i should have i mean i don't know if you have any twitter or if you can talk about it i don't have any twitter stock but i will tell you that the value proposition of just the people you can talk to like a conversation with you or with Toby Court, like most times, like people have to pay, like to hear someone yeah. talk. Like yeah. all this is free for heaven's sake. It's it's like, crazy. This is I, all on Twitter. Yeah, um, I mean, I had I had I had a conversation with with someone um, who who recently became active on Twitter, and I consider him on the same echelon, I guess, if you will, as you know the partners at benchmark like bill Gurley and stuff like that and oh, yeah. oh, I, I i i was i was i was able to have a phone call an hour-long phone call with this person and i and i and i got off the phone and i told my i told my fiance then i was like i just had a conversation that probably would have cost me thousands of dollars if it yeah. if it weren't for twitter like honestly thousands of dollars i'm the stu- i am like so dumb right two and a half months ago my friend chris petrello told me he he tweeted he tweeted me at a friend of mine he said are you gonna unlock your tweets like how stupid are you like you keep on talking about the same crap all the time at least unlock it so people can like see what the hell you're actually saying and because of that one text one suggestion like jason freaking do this you right like like here you are and i've talked to like yeah man like the kind of people that you can talk to is just crazy it's 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 amazing and you know i mean this podcast 
is, I mean, Twitter's the reason why this podcast has been going every week for the last, you know, year, year or so. It's because I've yeah. leveraged that, that, that community. And it's been, it's been tremendous. Um, but you know, what's crazy is that this was, this was the first podcast I did that was free form. I didn't have an outline. I didn't have any of that. I just, I just Let's shot you. Go, a, I just shot you a DM and I was like, dude, yeah. you want to hop on? Like this yeah, is, this on, has been man. fun. I like, I like the free form style. Yeah, man. Like I didn't know what to, yeah. I mean, it was awesome. Like it was interesting when you sent that, I was like, oh, hell yeah. And then I was thinking like, dude, is this guy pulling some April Fool's crap on me or something like that? <laughs> and I was like, of course he picked Thursday. You know, of course he picked Thursday. But then, you I know, I was like, think yeah, about yeah, that funny. too. I literally but didn't even think about that. Oh, dude. It's like the second thing. I was like, oh, that's freaking awesome. And then I was like, <laughs> oh, dude, did that guy do that to me? No, I'm just. <laughs> no, part of me, part of me wanted to tweet out today. You know, like, hey, so stoked to have this roundtable with Dan Loeb, Guy Spear, Manish Pabrai, Bill Gurley, like, <laughs> on my podcast. But and all I you just got wanted, was me. Well, I just, I just wanted them to comment and be like, I'm not coming on your podcast. Then I would have hooked them with, yeah, but can you? And then, boom, get them on live, boom. get them on public. But, uh, but no, I mean, this, this conversation was awesome. But I do want to ask you yes, a please. couple questions before. It's, it's the same question to ask every guest. So, okay. out, outline or not. Um, yes, sir. You know, these, these, these are coming your way. So, first, where can people go to reach you if they want to find out more about what you do? And yes, um, my Twitter is at jgreenwald86 under Greenwald Capital. All right, perfect. And then the last yes. question, if you could have dinner with anybody from the past or the present, who would it be and why? Ooh. Yeah, good one, right? Um, even 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 the people that I send an outline to sometimes so just one? prepare for this. Uh you can do one. You can do you can you could do one that's living and one that's dead. I've oh, had a couple of people yeah. do that. Okay. Dead my great grandfather that came to this country in nineteen thirty from Romania, who was a rabbi uh and i would just just enjoy just to hear him talk frankly uh i mean he couldn't speak english so he couldn't actually like have a talk but that'd be incredible uh alive buff dog (laughs) why not i mean (laughs) if you're gonna do it big you might as well do it right um yeah yeah why not i mean he's the goat what would you ask him dude um Okay, here's the question I'd ask him. When you have these investors that move from cigar butts to more growth at a reasonable price, yeah, is that because you've made so much money in cigar butts, it's not worth it anymore? Or have you switched to growth at a reasonable price because you've gotten so big that the cigar butt opportunities are just not there for you? So do you switch out of it because you want to or have to? Mm-hmm. Because I think Pabrai, he's made that change. I think he just talked about it. In I a think couple he of just speeches. recently made that change. He, I mean, he, went, like, he, went, he went from like deep value to right. then, you know, I just want to buy great companies at reasonable prices. Right. So it's kind of like that Buffett, like Graham Buffett and like Charlie Munger Buffett. So I just be curious if, um, yeah, like, was that because you just don't want to deal with these crappy companies who are cheap or is it because it's just better to have a great business and to just hold on? Well, you know what I think, and this is kind of my far out opinion on this is I think most people end up going from cigar butts to call it GARP. Um, And I guess me, I would just call it, you know, finding great businesses that are still deep value, just not traditionally deep value. But I think, I think most people do that. 
because they innately want to study and want to spend their time on things that they enjoy and things that they actually want to learn about. Yeah. So for so 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 for example, like I don't That's a great care. Point. Like I don't care about a steel mill or you know, or some crazy cigar, but, you know, newspaper that's trading at 50 cents on the dollar. Like I don't care. And because we only have so much time, my, my thesis is people as they get older, decide to spend more time on things that actually they find worth value in learning about. That's interesting. I never even thought about that. I could be dead wrong on that, but no, I mean, it makes sense. That's kind of my working thesis. Right, I mean, because Buffett, Buffett, Buffett went from you know cigar butts, and he was making fifty percent a year. And I don't know how much of that is he had so much money, or he just thought, you know what, from like a quality of life perspective, like I don't know if I want to just keep flipping this coin, He's or if freaking, I want to yeah. learn about businesses because this is what I'm going to spend my life doing, and actually want to spend my life learning about things that I enjoy. So, do you think Berkshire would be where it's at if he kept on buying them? Impossible to answer, but you yeah, know, hey, who cares? I don't, I don't, I don't think so, right? Because I Probably think, not. I think returns then beget more assets, and I think that does shrink your availability. But yeah, um, I mean, I do think he would still be where he is if it wasn't for Charlie Munger, which is a huge like, Ooh. yeah, like dude, those, yeah, I dude, mean, <laughs> dude, man, that's a fighting words up in, in Twitter, man. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's a genius. He's a goat. He, he worked his ass off. I think you can agree. He had tailwinds that were incredible. I mean, dude, luck. So just like one more thing about luck. If he was born five, six years before he may have gone to world war two and got shot down in a plane and you may not have ever heard of the guy. I know. I know. So luck like me graduating a year, like luck can just happen, you know? Um, yeah, but he's awesome, man. Yeah. All right, sweet. Well, this has been such a sweet talk, awesome. Jason. I mean, we yeah, definitely, definitely got to do it. I got to go down awesome. to an auction with you. We got to live stream it, put it on Twitter. Text me, That'd brother. Be super fun. It was awesome, <laughs> man. All right, man. See you, bro. Have a good one. See you, man. See you. See you bro.